get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, man. Practice. <laughs> the old ones are the best. The Muppets there who can never resist a good dad joke. However, if you find yourself in Dunfermline in Scotland and you ask for directions to Carnegie Hall, you'll be told that it's the lovely Art Deco building on Eastport across from St. Margaret's Church. Dunfermline is the birthplace of industrialist Andrew Carnegie, who became one of the richest people in the world in the 19th century, largely from the steel industry. However, in later life he turned to philanthropy, and he gave away something like 90% of his fortune to charities, foundations and university. There's even a statue of the man at the entrance to Pittencreef Park, where I find myself today. Now, perhaps there's something in the air, because I'm in Carnegie's birthplace, where another son of the town is doing his bit for charity and the arts. Kevin O'Neill is a pretty singular guy. In 2015, he was diagnosed with a form of sarcoma cancer. Now, I know that we say that sarcoma is a lesser known cancer, but Kevin had, wait for it, malignant myopericytoma. Very difficult to say. It supposedly affects about 15 people globally. Now, Kevin had a massive malignant tumour on the wall of the right side of his chest removed. Surgery was no joke. His right rib cage and a large part of his right shoulder blade had to be removed and then they had to rebuild his chest. He's in massive pain and he takes a cocktail of drugs to, to keep on his feet. So I'm here to ask him why on earth he's using his energy to organize a Prague music festival in Dunfermline in March in the rain and if he builds it, will people come? We've all got our different things in life. I mean, somebody could have a religion, somebody could have their politics, somebody could have music, musicals, uh, they could be film nuts, they could be soap nuts. For me, it's my prog rock and uh, I genuinely believe that going through five major operations, uh, four what probably should have killed me, uh, I'd say that there's a lot of music which kept me upbeat and going and made me push through some barriers as well. I interviewed Kevin, Kirsty, his wife, and some of the artists taking part and people who work with music and cancer, and there's a definite pattern that emerges. Music is a healer. We've all got our different things in life. I mean, somebody could have a religion, somebody could have their politics, somebody could have music, musicals, uh, they could be film nuts, they could be soap nuts. For me, it's my prog rock and uh, I genuinely believe that going through five major operations, uh, four what probably should have killed me, uh, I'd say that there's a lot of music which kept me upbeat and going and made me push through some barriers as well. Would you say music your life? Oh aye. The amount of times I've had surgery, the amount of times I've been in hospital, even, you know, just going in for day procedures or appointments, the headphones are always with me. And it's, you know, music's always there. It's 
some people will sit in a waiting room and just watch the TV or hump and moan because you know they've got a tumour on their toe or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Some some real ridiculous. But I mean, it's uh, no, I think that for me, music is a brilliant escape, and I use that all the way through the cancer. Uh, I think that's what makes me so positive when talking about cancer as well. Uh, on my own blog, one uh, of by the way, <laughs> on my own blog, I tend to use a lyric as a subject title. So it's some people who know me, they automatically get it. But then it's not until you're reading three quarters of the way you grasp it, why I've called such and such, whatever it's by. And it's, uh, I quite enjoy that because it's then given a different focus. When you're listening to that piece of music, you could then relate that piece of music to maybe something what you've gone through. So that's when you're picking that lyric. Yeah, songs in the back of your head. I mean, I'm not the greatest of writers. It's something that I've, you know, came into quite late, but it's, I enjoy it. It's, you know, it's really good. Uh, I tend to turn everything off when I'm writing, but I've got a quite a real good, vivid memory and stuff, so that keeps me ticking over. But music, though, yeah, it's just uh, you know, what I hate saying the soundtrack of my life. I just so cheesy that, but it's uh, no, it definitely is a massive part of my life. Yeah, massive part. Of Thought you were going to tell me something about kind of how you met through music or something. That'd be perfect. No, no, we didn't meet through music. Um, our love of music, my, um, has brought us closer together. Um, prior to meeting Kevin, I would never have listened to prog music. I'm very much a, a pop girly. I like my Kylie. It was actually, it, it's funny you should say that. It was our, my love of Kylie. We'd been to a concert only two weeks previously, and. Kevin had challenged me about my taste in music and I was like, Kylie's great, I love Kylie, she's such a performer. And I think I, I gave as good as I got and I think Kevin quite liked that challenge. He knew I wasn't one to, to back down. If I'm passionate about something, um, I'll, I'll stick to my corner, I'll stick to my argument, definitely. Okay, so my name's Kirsty O'Neill. I'm the wife to Kevin O'Neill who is co-promoting the event with Brian Neeson today. Um, I have lived and known actually Kevin for the best part of 17 years now and been married for 10 years just past September time. Happy anniversary. Thank you. In the sense when you're saying about, you know, how does it affect me, he's, he's my husband. I'll, I'll love him till the day either one of us, you know, sadly pass. But it's it's knowing that if he's having a bad day, to be able to talk to one another, talking to one another is so important. How things can maybe be lost in translation um, with the condition that Kevin has and being so rare, there's been a lot of time he's maybe felt alone that I've had and sometimes it can be an anger I'm expressing that nobody knows what I'm going through well yeah that is right but it's not just Kevin's story this is our story as a family and I've lived almost every single moment with him yes I've not been on the operating table but the worry and sheer horror to think what he's going through these operations um, it's, it's a big thing for not just the patient, but the family and loved ones as well. Every day is different with Kevin, and coming from a very honest and nurturing place, it, it takes its toll on him, um, and Kevin doesn't know his own limitations at times. He tries to do too much that can often set him back. Um, times that you and I obviously were sitting here conversing, 
and I'm, you know, Kevin can be very tired, things he can lose concentration on certain tasks. So it's about more managing things and, and setting his own almost timelines and deadlines and knowing that it's okay that if he doesn't do a particular task to have that strength of mind to know that you do what you can when you can rather than trying to do too much all at once and all about pacing himself. Does this sort of thing take a toll on you? Are you going to be paying for this for the next few days? It's probably fair to say that this will wipe probably three or four days off me. Not just today, but it's just been a pure... I, mean, I think I got to my bed about five o'clock this morning. I think I'll probably get to my bed about one in the morning. So during the time you calm down after that, three o'clock in the morning, so there's two hours. Yeah, it's probably fair to say I'm going to be out of the pitch until Wednesday or Thursday. So yeah, it does. Walking around bothering people with my recorder, I notice there's a distinct community spirit on display. A lot of people have travelled long distances and they've braved the weather to be here. There's a hall with the bands, most of whom have volunteered their time today, and another room with information stands from Sarcoma UK and Maggie's centres. Dotted all around are musicians selling their CDs, artists selling posters and books, and pretty much everyone has given something for the charity raffle. There's a real friendly, supportive air. It's almost celebratory. People here know each other from other events, but the new faces, like my own, are made to feel at home as well. The demographic is certainly a little older though, so when I spotted some younger people, I had to find out why Prague had brought them all the way yeah. to Dunfermline. <laughs> and why did you come here today? Uh, just because it was here, not very expensive, so I thought we'd just come along. And it was a lot of music, and it's really been worth it. So everybody's been really good. The ELP band was highly interesting. <laughs> I love their Moog. Uh, the Moog Me too, it was yeah. brilliant, eh? And that thing he had. I don't know if it was a theremin, whatever, I want one of those. And I'd quite like a Moog as well, but I need a bigger house, I think. <laughs> For someone who hasn't, or who doesn't know about progressive music, progressive rock, uh-huh. what would you say is the draw? It's friendliness. It's always a good crowd. And the attitude of the people who are on the back, on the stage, they're always having fun. I mean, you saw them. You saw them all today. They all had fun. And even when things went wrong. And it's just... Happiness. This is completely different to this. I'm signed up for the mental health charter because I teach yoga and see something like this. There's a lot of men. It's probably a good environment for men to come together and actually talk to each other because they don't get that very often. It's very interesting. (laughs) The musicians agree. Music is good for us. If you just say... Yeah, my, my name's Alan Reid. Um, is that fine for level? I had um, quite a, a, a substantial fried breakfast. We're always, they always ask people what, bre- what they have for breakfast so we get some level off them. I normally ask what, what was their first pet. Um, I had a goldfish called Goldie, which lasted about three days, I gather. <laughs> so um, what was your second pet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember, actually. Would you say as a musician, um, as a creative, that there's a, a healing power in music? Yeah, I think there's definitely... There's definitely music when it's done right is about c- c- 
communication between human beings. It, it, it's a, a universal language. You don't actually necessarily need to understand the words, but you can get the feeling. Um, I, mean, I don't know if you saw it tonight. There was a, there's a, a song we played, which is we have the first time we played it live, and it's about some of the things that I've been through through my day job, um, and. And I, and I struggled to hold it together tonight because it was because I had a flashback of what that meant to me, and I was kind of worried that people wouldn't understand. They just thought oh, he's, he's just not singing very well. Um, and one of the first people came up to me afterwards was a retired ambulance man, and he said, "You nailed it in one. That's what it feels like." I played in bands for years, and it's always the, the aim is to reach connect connect with people and get them on their feet, and obviously giving as much back as you get to them, because you get in this weird feedback loop, and they're having a great time, and so you have a better time, and then it just goes like that, and everybody has, you know, everyone gets the adrenaline. That was Alan Reed, who had literally come off stage after giving one of the most energetic performances with his band, The Daughters of Expediency, that I've ever seen. The passion is infectious. It's the middle of the day, and the crowd are now up on their feet and eager for more. Altres are a band formed back in 1983, and they kicked off today with a, a more electronic take on prog, but they too believe in the healing power of music. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. Whether you're a listener yeah. or a player. From listening to music, from playing music, from getting involved in this kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. We, I'd say it's fair to say we are all massive music fans. Yeah. yeah. Didn't we used to have a slogan, our music heals the sick? That's right, yeah. We but to, trading standards forced us to... to <laughs> 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 the same way for Lucasy, but the AIDS recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Music definitely does have a... Music's an internalised thing. It's, it allows your mind to free itself. It allows you to create yeah. what you see into music. Nobody can tell you what to think about music, but if you if they do, then that's not really it's, it. Doesn't it, 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 no, uh, no. It's, it's, it, music is yeah. the most direct means of communication, the most direct art form, I think. You know, because it, it's just a. I mean, it's it's totally intangible. I mean, it's just mm. movements of molecules in the air, really. Yeah, uh, it's, but it's, it's, it's connecting you with with the person who created it. You know, they they, they felt something when they were creating it and whatever your reaction to that is, whatever feeling you That's get. That's right, your it's reaction. A, it's, a, it's a direct communication. I mean, totally, yeah. There's no other art form that y you can be, you know, um, you can be more objective about other art forms, you know, paintings and things, uh -huh. and kind of measure them and judge them. I don't think you can you can do that. Nobody can judge your reaction to music. And it's, it's experiential. It's authentic and totally. it's, it's real for you. The person that's putting forward what they think is their projection yeah. of, of the emotions they want you to yeah, yeah. feel. Yeah. It's pure communication, yeah, yeah. and you interpret it with your whole lifetime yeah. behind you, yeah. arriving at that point and certain things, yeah. certain chords can, oh, yeah. you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean that, that's what one of our tapes was called Angel Chords and Devil Chords yeah. and that's because people do, you know, it, it brings out, it brings out a sort of feeling and yeah. a intensity. Yeah. 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 The whole range of emotions from A to B. Oh yeah. <laughs> like Kevin and indeed pretty much everyone in the room, music plays a huge and important part of my life. But as much as I can say that I believe music is a healer, is there any science behind it? Um, your involvement with today. Hi, I'm Rosie Small. I'm a cancer support specialist in the Maggie's Centre in Fife. Music can be so therapeutic um, and I think that's what Kevin has recognised during his journey. We have um, Singing for Wellbeing once a month and um, 
Within that, we often do a little bit of breathing exercises. We can do some mindfulness of just listening to pieces. We always say that you don't actually have to be musical, um, that the benefits in being with a group of people going through similar experiences, um, where collectively it always sounds wonderful, um, it's not what you produce, it's really the process as much as anything. Would you say that there's a connection between um, music and healing? There's a lot of research demonstrating just that. We all express our emotions and thoughts in different ways, but some of these arts can be uh, really useful in expressing these things. has come to an end. There are a lot of happy faces and I suspect ringing ears heading back out into Pittencreef Park just now. I suspect the revelry will be continuing under the statue of Andrew Carnegie's watchful gaze in some of Dunfermline's pubs and hotels for another few hours. Let's leave the last words to Kirsty and Kevin. It has been a long fight and I think now with the 1 of 15 campaign and really the attention that's been brought to an event like this today is really putting things to the forefront that please, whatever you take for granted, health isn't one of these things um, and Kevin's been a big advocate of, you know, men can be stubborn, so can us women granted, but if you think that one instance, please get yourself checked, find, you know, these charities like Sarcoma UK, anything that will help yourself and your family, then please, please do so. Don't don't rob yourself and your family from such a treasured and, and precious thing. A little, a little rumour I heard about um, Kylie. Kylie. I heard you're a fan. I'm a massive fan, aye. Aye, aye. What happened is that uh, my wife cursed uh, I'd spot up from my exit time. And uh, was at a barbecue at my niece's house, and Kirsty was there. And uh, I can't remember how it started. And I'm like, I've never heard, excuse the language, I've never heard so much shite before in my life. And it was <laughs> so basically, it was uh, oh, I, you know, better type of thing. Eh? And that was it, you know. That was so it started with a kiss after Kylie. <laughs> so. Yeah, but I actually quite like her music now. <laughs> but I actually, I, I just, I thanks to Kirsty, she's got my girl in an old fan. Wouldn't you go and see her, but... has come to an end. There are a 
lot of happy faces, and I suspect ringing ears heading back out into Pittencreef Park just now. I suspect the revelry will be continuing under the statue of Andrew Carnegie's watchful gaze in some of Dunfermline's pubs and hotels for another few hours. Let's leave the last words to Kirsty and Kevin.